So, Kim, what's yeah. behind your curtain today? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Nikita. There's <laughs> a lot going on behind my curtains. Yeah. So, um... You know, uh, I live in Prince George. You live way out there. I live way out there. And a lot of my clients are in Richmond, mm -hmm. which is great because I love Richmond. But um, one of the things that's been going on with me is how to make good use of my time while I'm in the car between appointments. Okay. Because I spend a lot of time in my rolling office. Yeah. <laughs> I was even thinking today, I was like, wow, when I make my millions, I'm going to have a chauffeur so I can text in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, funny. so but, but seriously, it's like I have this time. A lot of times it's a half hour or 45 minutes. And I'm like, what can I do with my time? So I've been making pretty good use of it. I listen to podcasts. Very good. Which is awesome. Um, I also will listen to audiobooks because I feel like to be a really good writer, you have to also read a lot of books. Absolutely. And um, and then I try as best I can to text. And before you judge. I don't judge because okay. unfortunately I do it too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Before our, our listeners judge. Don't judge us. Don't judge us. We're not going to run into you, we promise. No, I swear. But I, I dictate stuff to Siri. So I'll be like, oh, yay. Siri, please send a text message to Nikita. And the Siri, it takes Has, a beat. Does your Siri have like an English accent? Yes. She does. She does. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> You're she too. Yeah, I love it. it makes me feel so formal. I'm like, oh, this is lovely. British accents are so lovely. I do think they're pretty cool. <laughs> so Siri will say... Man, I can't do a British accent, but she'll say it in the accent and then I can text and that saves a lot of time. And then if I receive a text, I'm like, Siri, please read back my text messages. It's awesome. So that's it's awesome. a good. I need to use Siri more for stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's really helpful. So that's a peek behind the curtain of Kim on the road. I think British accents are sexy. They're awesome. I also <laughs> love Australian accents. Oh, and Scott. Can I say? Yeah. Two words, yeah. Chris Helmsworth. OMG, yes, you may say oh. those words. OMG. <laughs> I have a list of people. I guess we're peeking behind my curtain. Yeah, I think we're going there. I'm like, um, Derek, if you die tragically in a car accident, yes, that one. <laughs> he is on my list, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I was watching Thor the other day, and there was like this scene. Oh. Where he like doesn't have any shirt on. I was like, oh. holy Jesus, mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so, anyway, you have something very interesting behind your curtains today. <laughs> Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> anyway, anyway. So I, so, I do listen to podcasts. Yes. I think they're awesome. Um, I have to confess yes. that 
my car time is not as productive as yours. No, what happens in your car time? Um, well, sometimes dance parties. Really? <laughs> so dance party, <laughs> especially like if I'm going to the gym, I'm like, I gotta get in the mood, you know? Uh, and okay, so another confession. This is almost a gregarious goofball moment, but wow. I'm going to share it okay. because I love you. <laughs> so, and this this is really funny because I'm I'm putting my husband out there because he does it too, and it's really crazy that we would end up together because he does this too. Uh-huh. So, do tell. I create. This is how you know I'm a writer, uh-huh. and this is how you know that there's a fiction writer in me, right? I create stories in my mind, mm-hmm. like episodes. Mm-hmm. It's like a TV that's in my head that I can turn to a different channel and watch different movies at any given time. Uh huh. That's just like rolling. And actually, I'm one of them. Uh, I am like a mega superstar singer. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm pretty damn hot. <laughs> like it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then in another one, I'm like married to like a mafia boss, but I have like I'm like can like fight and I can kick ass. <gasps> oh my god! It's like, like all my alter egos. <laughs> That's so freaking cool. I love that. So I just have my little moments where I channel my little like you know energy into my little stories. So yeah. if you ever see me and I'm like this. <laughs> You're deep in thought. I might be in one of those episodes. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm kicking some mafia butt. I am kicking some butt. <laughs> you ever seen like um, Kill Bill? Yes. I would love to know how to wield a sword like her. OMG. Isn't she cool? Yeah, she is so cool. I want to learn. I want her Tori Hanzo sword. Oh, that would be freaking amazing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? So, okay, since since you brought up stories, so I have a story that I use in the kitchen. Okay. And my alter ego is Princess Nunchuck. And Princess (laughs) Nunchuck wields some pretty badass knives. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Get it, Miss Nunchuck. I do. And so, you know, I'm chopping vegetables, but really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kicking some melon butt. I love it. I love it. Extra spicy. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. All so, right. So I guess we should dive into our topic for today. Let's do it. I love this topic. Um, so we're talking about how to develop, getting started and how to develop your idea into a manuscript. And that's huge. Yes. I think that's something all writers obviously face because how do you get from idea? How do you get from the brain to the page? <laughs> <laughs> a wide open question i mean i think the whole process i you know i always instruct my clients to start with like a brain dump mm-hmm. I, I think i think you have to go through a purge yeah yeah because um you're not expected to organize your ideas into this nice neat manuscript from the beginning yeah and i think when you purge if you have an idea of what you want to say right if you do that brain dump and you purge from the beginning mm-hmm. then it's it's kind of like you you go through it and you kind of put it together like puzzle pieces right, to right. put together your outline and then dig deeper so um one question because I, I know what you do but yes. um tell uh our listeners what you do what which part? Like, like what kind yeah. of clients you're working with that when you're describing this process so i I have, so I do content marketing, but for this, for this particular piece, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a program. I do some coaching. I do, I'm a ghostwriter as well. Right, right. So I do ghostwriting and um, I started this program called Finder Muse, which is an accelerated writing program to flesh out a manuscript in four months. Woo-hoo! Woo! So that's it's a lot. That rocks. It's awesome. It's really fun. And um, that was actually the first step of our process. Gotcha. Um, when, um, when I brought my, my, um, my group together. 
the the first stick the first month the whole first month of our program was all about organizing your thoughts mm, okay. because until you kind of get things organized and know what direction you want to go right you're not going to be able to um, prioritize your time and be very productive gotcha especially in an accelerated timeline so I wanted to make sure that they kind of built a blueprint mm-hmm. for this is what I want this mm-hmm. is this is what I'm trying to say this is the audience I'm trying to reach and these are the points I'm trying to make. So gotcha. that for the remaining three months, they could just hammer away and kind of follow that blueprint. Gotcha. Does that makes sense? I think so. So you're you're teaching them how to lay out the structure. Mm-hmm. So that part's already done. So they just come to content. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And I believe, I believe that you shouldn't get caught up to, some people get too caught up in the minutia of an outline. Mm-hmm. And I think it just depends on the way you process things and the way you're, the way your personality set is. Yes. Some people are very like tedious. Yes. Um, and that's when I think it's time to put away some of that because you, people could work on an outline for months if they, if you let them. Oh my goodness. Certain yes. Could. Yes. Um, I can tell you that my outline for my book was like, was, was like five lines. Yeah. It was wow. very, it was very simple. Yeah. But it was exactly what I needed to write that book. Right. And it guided me through the process, but I also knew exactly what I wanted to accomplish. Right. Right. Um, so I don't think it was funny when I started the process with this group and they wanted to get some guidance on how to do an outline. Mm-hmm. I, there's not a, a master template. Right. For how to develop your outline. Yeah, exactly. Because they look different for everybody. I totally agree. Um, and so it's just a matter of understanding what it is you want to accomplish and kind of fleshing out what those main points are. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that really does make sense. And, and I'm, I absolutely am in agreement with you because people, I think, get um, tripped up by outlines. Mm-hmm. I think, um, unfortunately, no offense, English teachers, but <laughs> some English teachers emphasize that so strongly that you almost feel afraid to start. And um, one thing... Um, that I'll share with you is, is when my clients have an idea, a lot of times I don't want them to feel pinned in. I guess I almost see the outline as like a, um, okay, we're in the wild west and, and your ideas are wild horses running around <laughs> and, and the outline is like a, a little pen. And it's like, no, I want your wild horses to run around for a while before we pin them up. I mean, ah. I want you to have a chance to think about what you want to write. You've obviously got something that you're passionate about, something that you're really excited about, but where's it going to go from here? And I like talking about that process, but not introducing the outline until a little later until um, we'll feed on, um, like, for instance, if somebody has a specific core or message for their writing, um, like, for instance, when I wrote my book, it was about people who are really passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. But that's the core of it. People who are passionate about what they do, that could build into so many different yeah. Areas that could go into so many different directions. When I thought about it, I thought what I really want the directions to be is I want to talk to real life people who have walked the walk and talked the talk. Yeah. I, I don't like um, self-help type books that are like, you know, and then the magic net appears and when you leap and it's like, well, okay, yeah, but, right. you know, we live in the real world and we're having to leap while we're paying bills at the same time. Right. So I wanted to talk to people in a real way. So that helped me start forming my ideas. And then after that, I created my outline because I think if I had made my outline ahead of time, Mm -hmm. to me, just my way of thinking, it would have penned me in too much. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I find, so here's a little, little, I don't want to say secret, but I find for me personally, (laughs) this is funny, for me personally, Uh 
I use outlines very loosely. Mm. Um, Tell but, me more. Well, for, for me personally, a lot, I work very, I'm very story driven, yeah. very creatively driven based on most of the things that I write are like the progression of a story more, more or less than a, like your t- traditional nonfiction book. That's right, more or less right. my style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've already told you I have stories going in my head. Right. Yeah. So the same thing happens for me with a book. Yeah. It's, it's a story. The story is already playing out in my head like a movie. Oh, interesting. I just have to write it. And so um, it's either happening as I write uh-huh. or it's already started to happen. And does that make sense? I think so. So I'm visualizing right. things as I write. And bec- and so I could be writing, like when I started writing my book, mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly how it was going to end. I was going to ask you about that. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to say, how much visualizing do you do? Well, that's why I said my outline was very loose. So, yeah. you know, I had, I had the main point, you know, I had like the, like the dream acronym I told you about. Right. That was the only thing I used to write that book. Okay. And that's a 300 page, nearly 300 page Yeah. Book. Yeah. Um, in terms of the obstacles that she, res- that, that she went through, like mm-hmm. what they were, right. I came up with them as I, I just knew as I was writing, like it, like I knew when I reached this particular impasse or when she needed to make this decision mm-hmm. that it had to be something about going against the grain, you know? Um, so th- that was my outline. So you and had so, the idea of it, meaning going against the grain, but you didn't specifically know what was going to be. I didn't know that until I was writing it. Okay. So, so I am very, I'm a very loose outliner. I have another book um, that is, pro- is the book that I'm going to be working on behind this um, that I had already started on, but I stopped so I could finish this one. And that one's a novel. And um, I did do a storyboard for it. Okay. I was going to ask you about storyboards. I did a story. But the reason why I did a storyboard for it is because it's kind of a romantic comedy and she dates all these different people. Uh-huh. And um, and so there, there are all these different personality types. Gotcha. And I think the reason why I decided to do a storyboard for this book, which is not the same as an outline, mm-hmm. but I decided to do a storyboard for the purpose of characterization. Because in this book, I have a main character, but the main character has two main two best friends uh-huh. that are kind of like sub main characters. If that makes okay, sense. They yeah. have, they each have their own um, plot lines that are running ah. be- behind the main plot line. And it's funny. My brother is a writer too. And he gave me an excellent idea because so many books are written in sequels nowadays uh-huh. that I should do, um, do sequels to that book based on those characters. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, That's so, awesome. So I'm thinking I might do that once I develop them a little bit more. But because I have so many, so so I have those main characters, but she's got all these different guys that she's meeting that all mm-hmm. have different character traits. Right. And I needed, because I knew she was going to be meeting all these guys throughout the course of the book, I wanted to visualize what that looked like. Gotcha. Because I'm very visual. Gotcha. And so I did, I did the storyboard so I could look and say, okay, she's met this guy, check. Right. And like, you know, and kind of set that up. But yeah. For me, personally, from an outline standpoint, I usually don't need to do much more than that. Right. Because my creativity kind of takes over when I start to write. Yeah. Um, but that's me. Now I teach differently. Yeah. That's so that's that's what's kind of funny about the process is I teach outlines. Uh-huh. Um, because everybody doesn't process information the way I do. The people who I'm teaching aren't traditional writers. And a lot of the traditional pe- writers that I know um, don't even write like I do. Yeah, a lot of them yeah. still use outlines. And so I understand the importance of outlines. And I'm not saying I don't. I just do it very, very loosely. Right, right. Um, which is why, why, 
the reason why I do it on the on the front end with this program is because we're writing a manuscript in four months. We have a very short timeline, mm-hmm. and so I have to. I have to steer the ship for them right? and right. help them. And the easiest way for them to be able to complete that project in a short, in that shorter period of time mm-hmm. is to get clarity immediately. Gotcha. And so that's why I put so much emphasis on organization in the beginning. Yeah. Um, because if not, they're just going to, they're not going to create anything like coherent. That makes sense. That makes sense. So when you have a structured program like that, like you said, it writing it within four months, yeah, it, it's not going to work unless you have that structure. Right. Versus um, an author who's not giving themselves a specific timeline. Then you per can se. just do whatever. You can just do whatever. And um, wh- one thing I like to do with with my clients is we'll have a, a rough idea about when they want to complete their book, but okay. we'll usually start a little differently, and we'll focus on the idea okay. and, and um, like I was saying before, sort of have like a core statement. Like um, if their book is about, um, um, oh boy, now I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Uh, if their book is about um, um, rabbits, rabbits, <laughs> rabbits. I love it. Okay. If their book <laughs> that was so random. <laughs> rabbits and um, uh, let's see. Watership Down, the, the story about, novel about rabbits the core part of it would be um uh examination of political interactions as told through the eyes of rabbits and then you would develop it from there (laughs) and say okay what is it about these rabbits that you want to explore do you know what went through my head when i thought rabbits was not that sophisticated i was was thinking about the giant rabbits from outer space from the (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi Not process very the same as yours. Wow. But that, that's the cool thing about us writers. You give us a topic and we will go on very we, different viewpoints. We are. Yours <laughs> is a lot more sophisticated. Go on, Tim. So, so once you've identified the core idea and then you can kind of branch off of, well, these are the things I want to explore. And then after that, I would usually encourage my clients to create an outline based on that. Okay. But that's, that's a different process because in, in that case, I'm not saying you must do this within a four-month period of right. time. I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I think I think it makes sense that when you're, you're in the process of trying to flesh out your manuscript, mm-hmm. I honestly think the most important part of the process is just that whole, that creative, get all your ideas out on paper, that brain dump. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Um, I agree. Th- the more time you can put into that process, the more you have to work with. Yeah. And once you have all of that fleshed out, which, you know, depending, obviously we have to do it in a shorter timeline in the Find Your Muse program. But if you're not confined to a four-month timeline, that could be something that you could spend a considerable amount of time oh, on. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, and the more time you put into doing that piece, mm-hmm. um, the more you can start to shape what things are looking like for your right, book, I think. Right, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, so I'm thinking it might be time for... Precarious Goofballs. Ooh. I think it may be that is time. Is it that time? I think it is, yes. Um, so am I leading with the Let's Goofball story? Let's share a story. Oh, boy. <laughs> am I sharing first? Yes, you are. I'm really embarrassed about this story. <laughs> It, it confession is good for the soul. Okay, so <laughs> so this is this is a gregarious confession, and to my brother Matthew, I am sorry. 
It's been many years. If you listen to this podcast, I am formally issuing my apology. I am so glad you're healed. And now you really want to know what happened. So when I was a little girl, let's see, we were probably late elementary, early middle school. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, probably not. Probably like elementary, definitely elementary. Uh-huh. If any of you guys have siblings, you know what it feels like when you want to go outside and play and your mom says, take your brother with you. Like, oh, why? Why do I have to take him with me? So my little brother was about three or four at the time. He was a little guy. And I had to take him with me. And of course, when you, you got a brother that young, you got to watch everything they do. Oh, yeah. That's why you don't want to take him with you. They do everything. They do everything. Yeah. So, so about this time, scooters were really popular. <laughs> and one of our neighbors had this really like steep driveway that it just looked like it would be really fun to ride down. <laughs> just looked like I felt like that would be an adventure. <laughs> And so my friend had their scooter. I'm like, let me borrow a scooter, please. <laughs> Grab my little brother. He's like, no, I don't want to go. I'm like, you're going. I'm the big sister. <laughs> I put him on the scooter. We went to the top of this driveway. Mind you, it was a very steep driveway. What happened after there is very much of a blur. <laughs> we went very fast. <laughs> very, very fast. <laughs> and... um. Needless to say, there was a crash. Oh, dear. Yes, at the mm-hmm. bottom of the Uh-oh. driveway. Um, I was not the one who really got hurt very much. It was my brother was the victim. <laughs> the unwilling so participant. He was the unwilling participant. Well, I, did, I didn't want him to come outside anyway. But <laughs> that'll teach him to go outside. <laughs> my poor little brother. And I, I don't know. I got in trouble a lot when I was little. I was quite mischievous. And so I know what it's like to get in trouble. And <laughs> I never got in trouble, so I have no idea what you're oh, talking you about. <laughs> goody little two shoes, you. No, so not true. Oh my god. Um, I I got in trouble a lot, and all I can tell you that I remember from this experience is my little brother's like his head was like skipped like really bad. It was awful, and he was laying on the ground crying, and I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> my mom is gonna kill me. <laughs> I swear to you, I swear to you, I started like, I think, I felt like I went into another world for a second. Like, like I wanted to disappear. It's kind of like my dog Ladybug when we leave and we have to put her in her crate. She sits really still like she thinks she's going invisible. Like, you can't see me. That's what I felt like was happening to me. But it was, this was real. What was happening? I had just injured my little brother. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) We eventually got him inside and... I was bawling and crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. Aww. He did recover, but I will say he did have to wear gauze around his head for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad, so guilty. But there you confessed it now. I confessed. Do you feel better? I thought, well, he's alive. Yeah, it's good. But <laughs> Thank God. So, I do feel better. Do you have a confession you want to share, Miss Kim? I would. Please I share. Make I, me feel better. I will. I will. So I was an only child, but I did have um, a couple of cousins, and one in particular, Rusty, was my. Um, I used to call him my uh, brother I never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Not the brother you never had. Yeah, but the brother I never I wanted. He and I walked to the um, pet store one day. This was in Lakeside, and um, went and we were walking around, and I was tapping on the cages of the animals, and of course, he was imitating me, because it's like, whatever Kim's doing, I want to do too. Well, he left his finger too long on the screen cage for the hamsters, and the hamster took a big bite out of the rusty <laughs> finger. He started screaming bloody murder, and his 
fingers bleeding. Oh god, he's bleeding. <laughs> yes. Carnivorous hamster or something. It took a big bite out of him. I'm like, oh my god. So kind of same kind of thing. It was like I was just paralyzed. Like, well, what do I do now? And I'm like, let's leave. Oh god. <laughs> so I bring the screaming, bloody kid home, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Gosh. So that's my confession. Well, at least his finger probably healed quicker than my brother's head. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So I hope you guys get a good laugh on, at our expense today. Um, so would so. we like to take a moment to wrap up some thoughts from um, our uh, topic today? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Okay. So, of course, to reiterate, our topic was how to go from your idea to a manuscript. Yes. I think this is so fascinating because it's like uh, fingerprints. No two ways are exactly the same. I agree. I agree. I think, I feel like the biggest takeaway that we can can leave you with is get your ideas on paper yes um because you you haven't started the process because it's all in your head you haven't even you know you haven't begun to extract it Mm -hmm. and so if you just go through the process of getting it out on paper um you'll begin to kind of purge it from your brain and i actually have uh a process that i went through today that um might help some people what i've learned as some people struggle with just the whole brainstorming process, mm-hmm. and and this is this is obviously um, one of the situations where it helps work with a writing coach, right? Um, because what I have found is if you're not if you're not able to purge that information on your own, mm-hmm. um, what often helps is having someone prompt you with questions. Ooh, um, and I, I actually did that with one of one, one of the ladies in my program today. We had one of our accountability calls and she was getting stuck. Uh, and so she's like, she she's working on a book where she has all these different like, kind of affirmations that she's doing. Yeah. And, um, and she, she had so many of them that she came up with and we had a format that each one of them were going to have on the book, mm-hmm. but she's like, but I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and this also goes back to one of the things we talked about in episode one. I mm-hmm. asked her, well, what do they mean to you? Right. You know, yeah. because you obviously came up with those affirmations because they have, they have some kind of special meaning to you. Right. And it's, there's a reason why you want to share that. Yeah. And if you feel disconnected with that, come up with another one. Yes. Um, and so sometimes you may find if you're not, if you're getting stuck and you're having a hard time getting that information out, mm-hmm. whether you hire a writing coach or not, enlist someone else that can help you mm-hmm. work through that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to add something that's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about, you know, um, with a um, client with whom you were working, it's like, know your content, know, know what you're working with. Yeah. I think a- another part of that is know yourself and your writing style. Mm-hmm. If you know that writing with a strict outline freaks you out, makes you go blank, makes you get sweaty and uncomfortable. Don't do that. You know, yeah. work with, with what works for you. Like for instance, you had shared with us that your process is to have a very loose outline. Yes. I get the impression and tell me where I'm wrong. If you had a very strict outline. I would color outside lines. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause that doesn't work for you. Yeah. And yet there's some people who they don't feel comfortable unless they have that very strictly written outline. Yep. So it's okay to not do the same process. Somebody else does. To thine own self be true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. So, I, I mean, I, I don't feel like we have like, you know, 10 bullet points in, that you have to follow. Right. And I think the reason why is because you have to figure out what your own flavor is, what works for you. Yeah. But the most important thing that you can walk away with from listening to this episode is just start by writing some things down. Because until yes. you do that, um, 
you can't get from point A to point B just leaving things in your head. Well, and you know what, too, when you write them down, it lets your brain know you're serious, Mm -hmm. meaning this idea is important enough that I took a moment to sit down and write it out on a piece of paper. And it becomes real. Exactly. It becomes real. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm writing a book about Exactly. You know, um, give yourself that 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 credit and allow yourself to celebrate that that um, I don't want to say accomplishment because you haven't you know you haven't finished yet, but it it is an accomplishment in of itself it because is, yeah. you have when you it's one thing to say I'm going to write a book, right? But when you actually start to take the steps and make the decision and you're actually doing it, yes. that's different. Then you are actually writing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're you should be proud, proud of, of you. Yes. <laughs> we both came up with that at the same time. Yay! <laughs> and, and we would love, we would love to hear feedback from you. Oh, you know, those yeah. of you that are going through this process, they're taking that leap. They're taking that step. We want to hear from you. We want to yeah. hear how you're going through that process because it's exciting. Yeah. Share with others. Cause you know, what works for you, what didn't work for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, we would love to hear that because when you share that with us, you're sharing it with everyone. Absolutely. And we all gain from that. So absolutely. Woohoo. Episode awesome. two. Episode two is done. I hope you guys learned a lot today. Yay. And this was a lot of fun. It was oh my so gosh. fun. We're really enjoying hanging out with you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Ha 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 